0: there were certainly a lot of things that uh, inspired thinking about how to make an assassin movie. I mean, obviously, The Samurai, and it um, harkens to movies I saw as a kid, like Charlie varick or The Mechanic, or even Get Carter. It's a melange. You don't really like sit down and have movie nights and and go, go through influences. As much as I wish we had time to do that. Watching movies is where it all
1: begins. You know,
0: understanding the, the language of, of how cinema works, going from, you know, master to mediums, moving mediums, alternate masters, like watching how the geography is carved. I mean, you can do it in film school, but it's much cheaper to watch other people do it. And, and there are people who do it so well.
1: Welcome back after a short hiatus, uh podcast directed by has returned for David Fincher's next movie. We're just moving right on to the next. Uh, I don't think we skipped any, so we are here to talk about, of course, Netflix's own The Killer. Uh, <clears throat> so Mike, my consummate co-host, is back, and he's already really happy to talk about streaming uh, and compression. He is I hyped mean, to talk about I'm by no means an expert tell.
0: other than, hey, that kind of looks funny. I don't think this looks as good as it could. That's that's it. That's all the the whole uh, eyeball test. I I don't have the uh, the bits and the data. Um, I do know that uh, I saw no discernible difference when I went from the uh, well, not free with ads. The what eight bucks with ads to the like twenty three dollars four K, like the uh, Super Family Edition.
1: They're they're. They're no okay. No yeah, thing. it's just, it's not real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, one other thing to bring up, we will probably be going into spoilers on this episode. So if you haven't watched The Killer and you don't want to do spoil for anything, go watch it in that hugely compressed version that you can watch and then come back and listen to this show. Um, so this is a movie, this was a movie when, if I were to rank like the movies I was like looking forward to this year, It's like this and, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. Like that's, those are the two that I was really hyped for. Not a surprise. You've got Scorsese and Fincher. So those are directors I'll watch sight unseen. Like I'm ready no matter what. And then you tell me it's Michael Fassbender as an assassin. And I'm like, okay, a man can only get so aroused, Mr. Fincher. Let's just watch the movie. Let's go. Um, And I'm happy to report that I was not, Disappointed in any way. But I will say this if you are looking for a rock'em sock'em assassin movie, this is not it. This is, it's not that kind of movie. And I think it probably, and maybe I'm being too harsh to the normal viewer, the like non-cinephile viewer, but I think the first 35-40 minutes might be a slog if you're looking for fast-paced action, violence you know, quippy lines, all that stuff. It doesn't really have that. But I think if you get through that, which honestly I love that portion, but if you get through that I think it picks up very Yeah, I mean, it's
0: actually my favorite that. section of the film. I, I love the the window vibes, window vibes, which is yeah. you know my favorite movie. I
1: knew I as I was watching it, I'm like, "Oh, Mike is eating this mm-hmm. shit up." This it's is- a very
0: you know specific genre where it's just dude staring out his window, like can't leave for whatever reason. You know, Jimmy Stewart's yeah. injured, uh, Michael Fassbender's on the job, and uh, just has to make do with you know what's going on uh, in you know the window across the street. I also was a big mm-hmm. fan of uh, Watcher. I think it was The Watcher or Watcher uh, with the uh, It Follows uh, lady. Yeah. And Good movie. Yeah, it kind of came and went. And nobody really talked about too much uh but yeah i love that one from last year i know you and i just talked we're bad about time was that yeah yeah i think it was last
1: year actually 21 i don't know yeah 22 it's all like pre-covid
0: and after covid that's it's all yeah yeah
1: could i have possibly seen this in the theater bad question for this movie because the answer is still no (laughs) (laughs) and and we keep banging that drum even though it's post-covid um but this those sequences you're talking about as he's just watching everything thing unfold, waiting for his perfect moment, moment, which he still manages to fuck up, but he waits a long time for this perfect moment, and it's one of those things as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, this is where a great director and cinematographer come in. Because there is some shot composition in these sequences that I'm like, I just want to live here. I just want to stay in these moments because this is so, like, the reflections he's working with and the angles he's working with as a director. I'm just like, that's why you don't just, like, set it and forget it with a camera. Like, you actually think about what you're doing. And he is incredible well, at that piece.
0: Especially when you have, uh, you know, Across the Way. like You want to live in that world because you've got, like, a dominatrix woman that's going to beat up a rich dude or a politician yeah, man, or whatever rules. The <laughs> Uh, there was I'm now I'm thinking of the other movie I saw like some point, uh, post COVID the Sydney Sweeney, uh, weird trashy movie. Was it the voyeurs or something where her and her, I didn't see that one. Her and her boyfriend. Well, yeah, they just look across the street and they're like, you know, couple, they like to have sex with the windows open. <laughs> So I was like 10 minutes into this just, Amazon Prime joint and I'm in. That one, I didn't say, hey, why didn't this go theatrical? Because
1: I don't know if I would have I, I felt it. fine <laughs> in
0: the conference of my home, being like, oh, it's something trashy with yeah. Sidney Sweeney. Okay, yeah, let me look at this. Are you
1: saying that movie was not made by an auteur that would be featured on a podcast directed by? <laughs> I, I'm
0: not going to dismiss uh, whomever's work it is because uh, I will be uh, looking them up uh, later to see. Yeah. <laughs> <Is there's laughs> What's next, sir? Any other offerings, you know, <laughs> sir, ma'am? Um, But, yeah, Fincher, unfortunately, is one that I I expect uh, theatrical release. And it is unfortunate. I know he's, you know, company man because they let him blow through money for Mank. But he's like, Netflix is the future of cinema. That
1: that hurt my heart. Like, when I read that interview, I was just like, ugh. I mean, I know they're paying him probably a lot of money to make – but I'm like, this is the company that won't allow you to finish your serial killer show because it doesn't make them enough money. But this is the future of art. Okay, buddy. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) so annoyed by
0: that yeah and i you know based on their top tens primarily being you know something that some
1: some random old movie from 15 years ago that no one Keanu ever reeves watched. and
0: hardball is the number one watch thing this week it's like okay a, a failed sports comedy from 20 sure. years ago see so, yeah, i don't know if i would say the future cinema they do uh for now allow uh, directors like fincher probably they just get out of his way let him do what he wants
1: um, I don't know. As long as you don't want it on a big screen, then okay. That, so
0: that's I was gonna throw that to you. So let's say you know it's the heyday of uh you know let's let's go. It's like I believe Sony released uh Girls with Dragon Tattoo in like 2011. Mm-hmm. Let's say the the killer comes out in 2012 or 13 or whatever as a follow up. Do you think like people would have been bitching more? Because I, I haven't really kept. Uh, I'm not really like in the know as far as what the response has been. Uh, I mm-hmm. do see like as of yesterday opening weekend, it was still the number one thing on Netflix. Damn well should be if they have a venture original opening <laughs> weekend, it should be number one, not fuller house or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but I don't know if this had been released theatrically, if it would have, because the girl dragon tattoo was not a success. I think it's gained in esteem since
1: then. Great great Christmas movie i I, I mean, watch it it's... every Christmas. I love it that nice watch
0: that um, I don't know if this is one that if it's David Fincher's the killer be it the title, the premise. I think the marketing they would have really had to pull back and sort of couch people like the movie does saying like hey, uh, if you have a problem with being bored you're in for a long sit because I feel like that's Fincher and the character telling the audience. Buckle up. We're going to be doing a lot of nothing for, for a good <laughs> while here. And maybe the expectation theatrically is different than when you see something from the comfort of your home. I don't know if that they would have been more vicious in their takedowns. I feel like if you are not liking what you're seeing on Netflix, you just – Click off and go to another tile on the square. I don't know. What do you think if this is had gotten a theatrical release? Would there have been some pushback because it's genre fair, but it's a little bit more thoughtful genre fair? Yeah,
1: I mean a little bit. I mean, you know, we we've talked previously about a movie like The American, which you know people were very angry at when it came out. Uh, but I feel like Fincher movies have enough of an edge. And a kind of fun factor and a tongue-in-cheek comedy factor that's enough to, like, propel you forward. And it's not like this movie—this movie cannot have cost a great deal to make. I mean, it's not like—there's not a bunch of extended action sequences. There's, you know, it's a lot of city streets, a lot of back alleys, a lot of, you know, hotels, airplanes. But, like, I don't think this is a movie that would have cost you, you know, like— a Scorsese movie $200 million like this is a very simplistic film so I don't think it would have to do overly well to make them some money and I think there's enough Fincher diehards that would go see this Um, and I I think Fincher's such an interesting director because as we've talked about years ago on this podcast is like he's got a lot of different things going on like he can make a genre movie he can make a you know um a movie that's deep and thoughtful, like Benjamin Button. I mean, could, so you never really know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the killer? Or are you going to get the game? Like, these are very different types of genre films. And then you've got Zodiac, one of the, to me, maybe one of the 15 best movies ever put on film. So, you know, or put on digital, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> as it is and he needs all the was takes. Was put in a theater, though, so... Yes, yes, and probably made, like, $9. Maybe that's why Netflix was a little gun-shy about the killer. <clears throat> I was trying to look up the budget for this, um, and I, all I could
0: find was a thread where someone was saying, this can't be right. Um, $175 million? There's no... Right? That can't be...
1: It- how much are you paying Fastbender? Like, what are you... I, <laughs> is Vinture taking that, that all can't that be. money? I understand,
0: like, you know, for the streaming properties, especially Netflix, when you own worldwide rights, you're basically buying out what they could have made and all of that for sure, perpetuity, so. and so this is it. But that still seems, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. You
1: should, like, maybe take off the one on that. And <laughs> keep in mind,
0: since all I could find was someone saying, this can't be right, that's my information I have, is someone saying, that doesn't look
1: <laughs> accurate at all.
0: I don't know. Uh, uh, uh I'm just happy that it exists. I do wish, you know, Fincher if Netflix is the future of cinema, then he should uh and I realize this is, you know, dangerous talk on a film podcast. He needs to become Woody Allen. It's like if they're really Ooh. not if they really <laughs> don't care what you're making, where's the one a year then? If you if yeah. if, if they give you a blank check, then what? What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you spending? Because I figured for the most part, the reason he's he doesn't work as much as say Woody Allen, who I don't know what was the budgets on his would have been like what ten to twenty million I assume, yeah, is because probably. he wants you know hundred million Control. at least, and he wants it to look a certain way. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a push and pull as far as okay, can we actually you know finance this? If Netflix doesn't care, crank them out, buddy, crank them out, until, yeah, <laughs> until keep working. You're not you're not <laughs> Scorsese in the fact that your age. Even though it, I did like just the other day, Fincher is in his sixties, and that did not compete really? with me because I'm. And I'm, of course, it makes logical sense. I mean, he's been making features since the early nineties, music videos in the eighties. Yeah. But to me, right. I'm like, then I don't realize how old I am. I'm like, oh, right, that does right. make. Oh wait, I am not twenty two, <laughs> right? Uh, shit, how do we get here? Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, I also think this movie paces itself very well with its violence. Um, there, there's one particular scene that is probably the most violent, the kind of extended fight sequence in the house while avoiding a pit bull, uh, chasing after him as he leaves. Uh, but that, that is the one scene I think that I in particular would have loved to see on a gigantic screen, best quality picture, best quality sound. Uh, it still works very well at home, but man, that would have been cool to see on the biggest screen possible.
0: There's, a, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I do think, given the tone of it, it will play fine at home. I mean, it fucking has to for most of us. Yeah, no fucking um, choice. Yeah, <laughs> because it is so, you know, internal. Um, You know, another film I was mm-hmm. thinking of was was Drive, which was mm-hmm. not a huge, like, box office success, but certainly became, you know, for not just cinephiles, but people who just want a cool movie. They got mm-hmm. into it. And that I was reminded of that one as well, just because you're stuck with a fairly stoic character who's who's a badass. Mm-hmm. I do think this one leans far more comedically than Drive, which is sort of mm-hmm. wistful and romantic. Uh and
1: yep.
0: Ryan Gosling's a little bit of a goober with the scorpion jacket. That's a bit even then was a <laughs> bit much. Um but here, like, when you have someone who is Decidedly middle-aged and still like mm-hmm. hyping himself up about uh, you know I'm not a genius but here's all the cool shit that I do here's how I get <laughs> right. right here's how here's how I get by it's not Dylan Thomas but it should be yeah. like very <laughs> um, it is one of the things that you lose by watching a theater is that you're you know forced to just sit with it as opposed to that's it's always my concern with I'm watching something at home and I think you and I probably try to you know, emulate the sort of theatrical experience as far as like, I'm consciously making a choice to watch this. And that's what I'm doing for the next two hours. I'm not going to check the scores Mm -hmm. of a basketball game and I'm not going to get up. Like I'm going to get settled. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I do worry a little bit about this type of thing, which I think is so part of the charm of it. And part of the comedy is just the consistent tone that you're stuck with Mm -hmm. this, this goober for two hours. And hearing him explain things, I mean, hear him make references to storage wars and shopping <laughs> on Amazon, like you know, just all yep. the, using a WeWork, you know, failed WeWork office to mm-hmm. his benefit. Uh, there's a lot of it that just staying in his headspace uh, will produce chuckles more so than if you're if this was like cut up into like a six part series where every episode was you know the Florida uh, you know sequence or mm-hmm. the New York. I don't mm-hmm. think it works. I think you need to be in his head. Yeah consistently and then when you pull back from it it's not like it's you know die harder speed where it's like just thrill 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 i think it is just the realization that as he says (laughs) almost anyone who's willing to do really terrible things uh to other humans and do nothing but that and think about that could, I mean, he, he even he yeah. mentions a particular serial killer that says, I mean, I think the line is he couldn't spell cat if he spot, spotted in the T and the A. Uh, so he keeps glorifying and then sort of disavowing the glory mm-hmm. of the things that he can do as an assassin, which is a little bit different for this type of thing. Uh, we, yeah. We've seen the you know, the, the soldier, the gunslinger uh, with the, the sort of heavy heart about like you know, what he's done with his life. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case here. Uh, at all, I don't think we've seen someone saying like, well, I mean, anyone could do it. You know, it's just that you just don't want to. You just don't want to sit in a chair and do yoga all day because it's, it's fucking boring. Right.
1: right. Yeah, it's – this would be so interesting to me because I think if you were to pair it with any Fincher movie, it's probably Fight Club. It's very anti-capitalist in a lot of ways, despite the fact that he's, like, constantly buying stuff from Amazon. I think it's it's a very clear comment from Fincher, and he's he's making jokes about it. Like, the WeWork thing, specifically, is a wonderful joke. Like, in the very beginning, as that happened, I was like, oh, this, this rules. And I also love what you said about, like, he's saying, okay, this is how you do the job, and then proceeds to not do that very well. Um, he talks about, like, you know, quieting empathy. And everything he does after his original mistake in this movie is because of empathy it's because someone was hurt and he felt like that was wrong so every action that he takes and even like all the hiding and the sneaking around by near the end of the movie when tilda swinton finally shows up which i was very surprised it took that long because she has relatively high billing in this movie movie's almost over when she shows up but he joins her at a public restaurant (laughs) and then shoots her not far outside That restaurant. So it's like, it's an interesting choice that he's telling you, here's how you do it. Now, uh, do as I say and not as I do, because I'm about to break every single rule. Like, I very much give a fuck about what's coming next, so I'm going to take care Which of is, it.
0: Which uh, is, I think, a staple. Like, I, I haven't, I was not prepared for our own podcast or emergence where I went back and, like, listened to our, our Finter episodes or anything. But I would say, like, thinking back, like, you mentioned Fight Club, uh, seven as far as you know, Morgan Freeman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. playing sort of fast and loose with how they get their leads. How mm-hmm. they ended up at John Doe's door, uh, and I think
1: this has a shares a screenwriter with Seven, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, um,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Pitt kicking in the door. Uh, he, you know, both. Uh, I think you know, glorified and demystified uh, Mark Zuckerberg with the Social Network. Who also mm-hmm, you know, I think mm-hmm. that their sort of motto, company motto, was like you know. Uh, like work fast and break things, that sort of thing, was their sort of ethos. Uh, so I think Fincher, that is something he he likes to see uh, someone go against probably um, their own sort of best intentions. So if, if Fassbender mm-hmm. here is saying, here's the, the playbook to do this job, and then rips it apart, we've seen that with Michael Douglas in the game, someone mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. everything. Why in the world is he even thinking about – taking this stupid birthday gift to give all this private information to play a real life, you know, sort of LARPing Mm -hmm. exercise. Like I, you know, it's Fincher's characters are sort of fascinating that way as that they seemingly have everything together. You go to Edward Norton's uh, character in fight club. He's got, he's got his Mm -hmm. Ikea set, everything set up. They just can't help themselves to follow what is most interesting. And what the sequence I like the most is probably the end of the, the sort of waiting period in the first act of this film where, on the run Fassbender in voiceover I was like well this is new and it's like there's a little <laughs> bit of joy there like he's, his yeah, life, he's having fun his life has yeah. been upended and a lot of bad things are going to happen to him but the, he can't help himself and be like well this is different what I want is just mm-hmm. changed and there's this sort of uh, anarchic quality to it certainly with like mm-hmm. Tyler Durden but to Fincher's characters that they cannot wait to like put their hand in the fire just a little bit mm-hmm. uh, the girls a dragon tattoo uh, Daniel Craig's character, I mean, there is, you probably should not be fucking the title character the girl's drag tattoo. Everything about her, and even in that film, he plays it like he is, for the most part, scared of her. Like, they're working like, <laughs> yeah. they have a very, like, awesome working relationship, very collaborative, he has a lot of respect for her, and yet he's still, in every mm-hmm. sequence, seems You're like... You're kind of scary, yes, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, like, sticking your dick in a bear trap, like, just like, well... Don't get me wrong, I get it. I get it. Like but the way he <laughs> plays it, Fincher, like I love that in his filmography all of his like in particular male leads mm-hmm. like to project that they have it all together but mm-hmm. they also secretly want to they wanna burn it all down just to see what it looks like, just to have that experience.
1: Yeah, I mean I think he's clearly obsessed with people who just can't walk away. Um, who can't let things go. Like so many of those characters you mentioned, they all had opportunities to be, you know, maybe I'm not going to investigate this crazy family on this little island that I can't escape and it's snowing and there's a history of rape and loss. I don't, you know, maybe I should just go home. And then Zodiac, I mean, you've got, (laughs) people are like, uh, my marriage, my kids, fuck them. I got to find out who this guy is who hasn't killed anyone in 15 years. I got to focus on this well, until the day I die guy, panic room
0: <laughs> Jared Leto and Dwight yokum mm-hmm. break into a house they expect no one to be there a mother and daughter are there and then the room they need to get into or the room the panic room they escape to they still don't leave they still are like well we can be like probably right, do it. Chalk that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's just walk away and I think he's interested in people that get hyper focused um, and that hyper focus I think helps our lead character here, the killer in everything that happened before the cameras roll in this movie. But once he makes one error, one mistake, it all kind of falls apart. And I I like the fact that there's a bunch of moments in this movie where you don't know exactly what to believe. There's a sequence where he's um, trying to fly, trying to leave, and he sees this guy in two different places. And I love that the movie never tells you if that is someone to be scared of or if he's just thinking too much about it. Right. But he's like, I got to follow my instincts. I got to, I got to cover God my, my tracks. It. I really <laughs> wanted to listen
0: to Smith's again, but I guess I'm still on the clock. Can't put my feet Great up soundtrack.
1: Great soundtrack, Mike. <laughs> I did read an
0: interesting uh, thing where uh, someone just asked, like, you know, was it always going to be the Smith's? Uh, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I really want to use this song and this song. He's like, but originally it was, Uh, More of like a uh, a true like sort of mix that uh, Mm -hmm. put together, Uh, but they felt that that was a little uh, like they didn't want to look like you know the killer has this like impeccable taste or has a particular taste. They wanted to look like someone who had their favorite favorite band and never really grew out of it. Like that was their like sort of comfort blanket i like that Mm -hmm. way more than he's just like oh he's got this assassin has really cool taste i like that it's like no this is he likes this band this music this calms him
1: and and it's interesting that all the the songs that they choose are like the hits Mm -hmm. like they're not you know this b-side that morrissey put out later like no it's 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 the hits and it's it's very it's for comfort it's very yes (laughs) it's mary american Psycho.
0: what is the top 40 number one
1: And it's for distraction, right? So just like all the food he eats is merely fuel until you get to to the Tilda Swinton sequence and he actually has a drink and actually almost enjoys himself for like a half second. But everything leading up to that is just kind of like, no, this is a thing I have to do because this is going to bring my pulse down. This is going to allow me to keep moving. It's going to allow me to have energy. Everything is for a very distinct purpose. There's like... It's almost shocking that there is a woman that he has a relationship with um, that is the reason for all of this mess, right? Because it doesn't seem like it. It's interesting. You don't necessarily know that they're romantically partnered. You, I think you kind of assume they are at that last sequence. But before that, all we know is her brother is like, you've always been so nice to her. That's it. That's that's the extent of what we know about that relationship. And I kind of love that because it's a weirdly it's a passionately chased movie. It's a very strange combination and I think I think Fincher is the perfect director for something like this because in many ways he is very cold and calculating and he doesn't go with a lot of high romantic emotion unless you count like Benjamin Button. I think that's the only movie that is like an out and out full-on romance. The rest of them, it's like, there's passion, but most of it's anger, the wrath of uh, of Seven, right? That's what you usually get from him. So I find I find that he is like the perfect pairing for this particular movie. It's a man who feels deep emotions, but has no idea how to process them and how to express them. Shout out to Benjamin Button.
0: You, know, you mentioned Tilda Swinton getting her one sequence mm-hmm. here i think he just, he likes tilda swinton in small doses you, you know we can mm-hmm. be the, the two ships in the night you know passing and this instance mm-hmm.
1: we can have a flight of whiskey and then uh you know there was so much alcohol on that table i was just like somebody's got to drink some of this because there's no room there's like a glass of wine a bottle of whiskey and four glasses of whiskey <laughs> i actually thought <laughs> the way it was going
0: to turn out was uh as they walk in the snowy streets in new york she was going to fall and crack her head and it was just going to be in his voice over him talking shit again. But like, see, that's how it's done. That's exactly uh-huh. as I drew it up. Just have her fall yeah. down.
1: But I think I think that's kind of the point is that even though after that, after she like tries to kill him, tries to defend herself and ends up dying, he you know, he kind of repeats that line like forbid empathy. Um, because I think he repeats that line because for a moment she got to him. Like she got in and he was wildly oh, got uncomfortable a pretty good with dick. that. Uh, that when
0: your time comes you're going to remember this conversation. You'll think of me. It'll be my life flashes before your eyes instead of your own and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, because he doesn't have
1: one. (laughs) Like She actually, and he even mentions it like, that's a weird choice to live this close to the normies. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe you would do that. Like, yeah, she enjoys her life. She enjoys her food. She enjoys her alcohol. She enjoys her relationships, maybe with her family. And he is so separate. And they both are wildly successful. She says she has a line in there that says, I've been so good for so long like basically i wish i had had ice cream every day of my life now now that my life is actually flashing before my eyes so they they took they took this in very different ways but they're both excellent at that
0: was a fascinating bit of dialogue that i actually got hung up on probably for far too Mm. long because i thought i I could not i I would be the jamarcus russell of assassins (laughs) like there is no way once i sign my i get my you know big what nut. a strange
1: reference no. for for those of, for those people who are not sports fans Marcus russell was a very high draft pick for the for the raiders mm. um and then came into camp about 80 pounds overweight so please continue i mean i don't know what happened to him i can only assume that he he's very rich
0: and very happy you know no money it lasted. baby i don't know if it lasted very long i don't know but when she said that i thought certainly if my profession is one where I could be killed at any moment. Mm-hmm. It would be very hard for me to stay in shape. There's no way I'm doing yoga right. like that like it, i have to i'm I'm a stationary assassin and yeah, yeah yeah
1: there's, yeah. there's no way <laughs> i'm doing and does she remind me does she order the flight of whiskey after he shows up?
0: Yes, I I don't yeah. think uh I don't think she's getting a, bombed uh every right. night. Right. It's another thing yeah. I
1: love that she's like, "Okay, I'm probably not getting like I'll try, mm-hmm. but I'm probably not living through this. So I'm getting fucked up tonight. Yeah. Like I'm not going to feel this when it finally happens," which I really like. I kind of like I'm not the biggest like sequel connected universe guy, but if they want to make a Tilda Swinton uh movie directed by by Fincher with this character, I'm totally down for that.
0: Only for that. if He finally does another sex scene, which as far as I can remember, Fight Club is really the only one. And even that was with the weird, like, they're putting dots on their bodies so they can do, like, an animated version of this crazy night of sex. It's a lot. (laughs) Tilda Swinton. You don't have to. She's kind of odd looking, anyway. Yeah,
1: you, know, you don't have to. Just have. She, <laughs> the movie's like she looks like a Q tip. I was like, okay, true, but unnecessarily harsh, guys.
0: <laughs> was it harsh, Dave? I, I thought it was like I don't know. Like I feel like if you're as unique looking as Tilda Swinton, you're untouchable. I she, she's aware. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think there's anything you can say. It's like she's she's I mean, got her own. Look. She got to
1: in her last movie. She got to fall in love with Idris elba So you know. She's she's making her way. She's doing good.
0: I always remember from Danny Boyle's The Beach where she looks over at a young Leonardo Um. DiCaprio and she's like... Uh, basically, shut up and go to sleep because I may want to have sex with you again in the morning. And I think she says, I may want to. <laughs> like, May, I'm not May. <laughs> Man, I really
1: like that movie. I wanna, we should have done a Danny Boyle. We could. Uh, the, feed yeah. the feed is active. The feed is Oh, that's but don't right. have to watch We're...
0: like Slumdog Millionaire. I really hate Oh, oh, that's that one. the
1: one that hurts. That's, yeah. I think like it's amazing when you watch directors and not only like, okay, not his best movie wins a bunch of awards but like his worst yeah like yeah. that's that's because there's a lot of great danny boyle movies like that ain't one of them right and no it would be like it would be like for <laughs> you if mank won every award and we had to talk about how great well, the greatness of mank thankfully <laughs> netflix released it so ain't winning shit not winning anything right. just
0: like this movie? Leave it to yeah. Apple. Apple comes in with Coda and takes the streaming title, like out of nowhere. Coda
1: of all things. Good lord. God damn right. God damn right. <laughs> who who could have guessed that one? Yeah, I'm just glad we got another another Fincher movie. I I do wish he worked not that he worked more, he worked plenty. Say it. I wish you want him to be I Woody Allen. That, he needs to be more like he Woody br- Allen. Say it. I'll never say that uh you're not getting me on, on tape. That's not happening. Uh, but I do wish he'd produce more. I definitely do. I think but I think he's so split with like T V production and you know directing things here Cartoon. and there on bullshit. So yeah, yeah. Just get to work, sir. Why don't you be like your characters and stay focused you're on something, 60s you in your sixties, will you? There's go. not that many movies left. Chop chop. <laughs>